The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Wednesday morning and welcome to a midweek edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station, the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJXFM. Yes, it's a hump day. It's a beautiful day in paradise, though. We've had great weather. Matter of fact, we're going to call the weather service yeah, a little bit so they could give us an update um, as to the moisture field um, that we uh, noticed uh, on Monday. Uh, com. Uh, pointed out that uh, there was uh, some uh, rain, a potential uh, system um, that was heading uh, in our direction, not necessarily at us. Uh, so we're going to reach out to them to find out uh, what the deal is and see if uh, we should uh, be concerned with respect to that. We're also going to be talking with the AKA sorority for a little bit. They got Debbie Tambal coming up. And then Dr. Kaiser Kawa is going to be uh, talking to us in hour number two, uh, American Education Week. Uh, Dr. Kawa being Mr. Board of Education, worried about now. So we've got the weather service uh, 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 on the line. Good morning. Who am I speaking with? Robert Mitchell. Hey, what's up, Mitch? How you doing? <laughs> All right. I know you guys are kind of busy down there. What's yeah, the deal? A little bit busy, yeah, but everything, you know, never busy to help you guys out. Yeah, what's the deal with, with that system down in the southwest of well, the Caribbean? Well, as you know, the latest observation right now uh, from the Hurricane Center, uh, before uh, they were headed a uh, chance of developing into a cyclone right now, the long-term formation in seven days was 60%. Now it's down to 50%. Uh, there is still some inconsistencies as to... Uh, what is going to develop. However, there's still potential to become a depression as it moves uh, northward uh, in the areas between uh, Jamaica, Cuba, and Haiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all in all, the plume of moisture and stuff is going to lift and eventually have some indirect effects to Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. Um, but the models, both of them, they do agree as pulling it uh, towards northward, getting uh, absorbed into a longer frontal boundary and uh, being lifted up towards the north. So um, right now, what we expect, if anything at all, increasing uh, moisture across the area, what that means is uh, it's going to bring that plume of moisture eventually from Friday and through the weekend, possibly into early next week, across the area, affecting Puerto Rico first and then shifting towards the across the U.S. Virgin Islands, I would say Sunday, Monday, and possibly into Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the potential for rain uh, increases during that time, increasing cloudiness. And along with that, uh, by Friday, we expect some good increasing marine, de- you know, de- de- deteriorating marine conditions, meaning we're going to get uh, a good, strong uh, northerly swell, uh, high uh, rip of rip currents by that time. Uh, so deteriorating seas and weather conditions. So between now and then, though, uh, we do have time to go ahead and do some mitigation, look around, clean up around your areas, know the flood-prone areas, and just be, you know, just in case we get that additional uh, excessive rainfall amounts for the weekend into early next week. No, I like how the uh, Hurricane Center um, has the different levels of um, 
potential development with the uh, yellow, right. the yellow being less than 40, the orange between 40 and 60, and then the red being greater than 60. Being greater than, yeah. Now it's down to medium, mm-hmm. so potential. Is, like I said yesterday, it was 60, now it's 50%, and still 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like they say, regardless of the development, there's potential to produce heavy rains across those other islands over there. And we will get the share of it because hurricane season is not over. Um, there is potential for development. It's normal in that area. This time of the year, yeah, so you know, this is pretty much normal. What we have now, in the meantime, is seasonal weather conditions, uh, weather conditions, and you know, time this time of the year, we also see those northerly swell actions, which will bring the rip currents and occasional swells. Well, the, the last, um, the last uh, photo um, actually has it less than forty percent now. <laughs> yeah, so. well, that's what they've been doing. You see, because. Um, remember, this system here, it's kind of because of the strong high pressure across the Atlantic and there is a, a low developing across, it's also merging with these frontal systems that's moving off the U.S. So as these old frontal boundaries, they connect with the low pressures, it kind of absorbs it and pulls this whole thing across the area. And what it's going to cause is this big plume of moisture, you know, uh, elongated all across, the, you know, from... Uh, South America all the way across into uh, into the Southwest Atlantic. So that's what you're seeing right now. Okay, good. Now, this beautiful weather we've been getting the last couple of days, tell us a little bit about it. Oh, yes. I expect to, we'll be getting the high, like I said, the dominant feature is right now is high pressure, which as a matter of fact, through the weekend, we will have upper level, which means uh, more or less conditions won't be, it will be marginally unstable, meaning there will be a polar front moving across the area, and but, however, between now and then, by Friday, the, all we're going to get is these uh, pretty much east-southeasterly wind flows and uh, pretty much uh, drier air moving in across the area. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that um, this time of year, as we head towards December, January, um, dry air is typically what we deal with for a while. This um, is what we deal with, and we get these early morning passing showers, mm-hmm. cool conditions. Uh, you know, the temperatures right now are just plus or minus 2 degrees above normal but they've been pretty much ranging around even st croix <clears throat> for the past 12 you know months and beginning this month also uh last month you know the temperature's been about plus or minus two degrees higher than on than normal mm-hmm. um so uh expect that for the next few days like i said the winds are going to be east southeast so you know daytime temperatures are going to be a little bit one to two degrees a little bit higher in some areas and last question with the with the increased dry air um that impacts humidity right Excuse me? The Im- yes. With the increased yes. dry air, that with impacts the humidity? moisture and also the temperatures are near normal, you will get, you know, if you've anywhere, the temperature, the heat indices uh, could range anywhere between 100, 105. Some isolated spots could be in 108. Uh, by, I would say, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, with the dominant southerly flow, that's going to be even warmer, and it's going to feel even warmer. So that looking for even uh, warmer temperatures by that time. Okay, good. How's mom? She good? Mom's good. Mom's vacationing. So, <laughs> visiting the family. She's okay. doing good. I like that. You okay. know, getting her, you know, checkups and staying staying well. Okay, good. Thank God for that. Thank you very much, Mr. Robert Mitchell. Uh, okay. Appreciate it. Say hello every, to everybody. Take care over there. Okay, good. Enjoy the rest All of the right. week, okay? All right, bye. You got you it. That's, that's Robert Mitchell, um, one of our homeboys, uh, who um, actually uh, lives on St. Croix. His mom lives on St. Croix. He works down there in San Juan uh, at the water service. So, uh... Right now, that's a good forecast. Uh, we're looking good. Yeah, just keeping an eye on that system, and uh, there's expected to be some uh, northerly movement. The question is, 
um, how much uh, variation from due north are we looking at? You know, will it be north northeast? Will it be northeast? Will it be east northeast? Because uh, if it goes north, then that means you're going straight up uh, into uh, into Cuba. Uh, because right now it is uh, down in the southwest Caribbean, uh, down there by uh, Panama. Right. I also see um, a a system, another less than forty percent system, right there by Miami and the Bahamas. So it's actually two of them right now, and they keep an eye on that. And if this system uh, does develop into a named uh, storm, I think Vince is the name uh, that we're looking at uh, right about now. So that's all we had. Uh, Keeping an eye on it, you know, I remember back in 1999 when uh, Hurricane Lenny uh, worked its way here right around this time of the month, to tell you the truth. Today's the 15th. And uh, I believe, I believe that's the date Hurricane Lenny actually was uh, acting up uh, here in these parts, let me say. They had a 10 day window uh, for. And the history for Lenny was November 13th, 1999 to November 15th. Uh, so it formed on the 13th in the Western Caribbean. Same thing. Went on to form and maintain an unusual and unprecedented easterly track for its entire duration, which gave it the common nickname Rangwe Lenny. It attained hurricane status south of Jamaica on November 15th and passed south of Hispaniola and Puerto Rico over the next few days. Lenny rapidly intensified over the northeastern Caribbean on November 17th, attaining peak winds of 155 miles per hour, about 20, 21 miles south of St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. It gradually weakened while moving through the Leeward Islands, eventually dissipating on November 23rd over the Atlantic Ocean. 155 miles an hour in November. Wow. So before moving to the Les Antilles, Lenny produced rough surf that killed two people in northern Colombia. Can you imagine that? Centered a storm 21 miles south of St. Croix, yet impacting folks all the way on the northern side of South America. Strong winds and rainfall resulted in, in heavy crop damage in southeastern Puerto Rico, despite the hurricane's passage near St. Croix at peak intensity. Damage on a small island was only described as moderate, although there was widespread flooding and erosion. Damage in the United States territories totaled about $330 million. Highest precipitation level total was 34.12 inches, at the police station on the French side of St. Martin. On the island, a hurricane killed three people and destroyed more than 200 properties. In nearby Antigua and Barbuda, a hurricane killed one person. Torrential rainfall there contaminated the local water supply. And significant storm damage occurred as far south as Grenada, where high surf and where high surf isolated towns from the capital city. And that's November. All right, so that's the reason why uh, you got to keep an eye on the weather for the entire for the entire hurricane season window 
beginning uh, June 1 all the way to November 30th, six months uh, of the year. So that system down there, we'll keep an eye on that uh, as well. Um, by the way, um, was uh, on the source, and uh, yesterday the Senate passed two bills to ease the pain of St. Croix's Western residents who have been impacted by the Water and Power Authority's brown water testing, of which has shown some elevated levels of copper and lead. And, you know, we had the governor on a week ago. And uh, the bad news was that uh, the the problem still existed, uh, but not at the levels that... Uh, they were before. Uh, the good news was that it wasn't a water and power authority sourced problem. It was an infrastructure. And this is what uh, we were told by uh, the governor and uh, his chief policy advisor, uh, Kevin Williams Sr. at the time, right? Our old pipes and all that stuff um, were the primary cause uh, for why um, residents were being adversely impacted. So the legislature uh, stepped up, uh, Senator Francis, Novel Francis, Mr. President, uh, had meant, uh, moved legislation and they had appropriated 350000 uh, direct aid uh, to impact the residents to buy bottled water Another measure would mandate discounts on the water bills of affected residents for six months. Water and Power Authority officials have shown some resistance to billing abatements in previous hearings. They have said that the water is suitable for many uses and the levels of lead and copper go down after a customer flushes their system. There's a third measure which would mandate that WAPA and any other water producer for public consumption test for lead and copper at least once a year. Senator Angel Bolquez said the actions were quick and proactive ways to address the water crisis. Senator Samuel Carrion said the measures will bring some relief to the thousands affected. He also said that the mandated testing will help the territory, quote, avoid being in the situation, again, we are in today. <clears throat> Three bills passed the Senate with no dissenting votes and will be presented to the governor for consideration. Also passed in Tuesday's session was an appropriation of $5.1 million for the Pauly Joseph Stadium. The stadium has been on the drawing board for more than a decade. That's a fact. And has undergone changes with three different governors overseeing the project. Several centers said they hoped this would be the last appropriation needed for the project. So the total appropriation, total appropriated for the project so far is $32 million. And she added she believed another appropriation request would come when the work started on the part of the project dealing with the section connected to the festival village. Franklin, Senator Franklin Johnson said he passed the stadium site on a recent walk, and it would be a beauty. I also said, if it is promoted as an active sports tourism destination, it could be an economic driver for Fredericksted. 
a couple of releases as well you know all that all that stuff so submarine so let me say sub base you know, for island auto group there was a lease agreement that was passed as well to be used as a new one used car dealership repair shop and retail shop so you know hopefully uh see, all the centers were there except for santa Maria's james who was the only santa who was absent so look, we had a productive day in the first branch of government yesterday and uh hopefully they can address that matter we haven't had a power hour for november so far so hopefully we can work on that uh make that happen sometime next week uh next week is a short week you know thanksgiving falls on the 23rd no 24th right it's the 15th no the 23rd yeah 23rd uh next week thursday and then uh the back end of the month the following week and then the holiday season is in full effect do you know what i mean right boat parade and village and all that stuff we look forward to uh, i don't know if we got cruise and recon event uh this year uh, for the festival we'll find out we don't take much to put that together I remember the very first one uh, with Bagoon and Greg Francis. When it was like a a rebel move for Christian Stead, because Christian Stead had been shut out of uh, festival uh, festivities, and uh, Bagoon and Greg Francis and a couple others said, "No, no, we go do we go do something, Christian Stead." And the next thing you know, uh, it became a staple. Uh, of the festival uh, season with the Cruiser Recon Breakfast. And they want to buy nothing up there. Yeah, that was mostly giveaway. People just cooking and supporting the event. Gloria Joseph, very, very big uh, instrumental player in making that happen. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we should be joined by former Santa Lisa Barnes talking about the debutante balls sponsored by the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. We'll be back right after this. of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency will host two workshops for the maintenance and safety of residential cisterns, the sole water source for most homes in the USVI. The St. Thomas workshop will be November 14th at the Emerald Beach Resort. The St. Croix workshop will be November 15th at the UVI Albert A. Sheen Campus in Kings Hill. Both workshops will begin at 6 p.m. and end by 7.30 p.m. For information, please visit www.bit.ly slash USVI cisterns. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. And we're back here, analyze this, and I just got word that uh, the Cruise Recon Breakfast is on uh, the 5th, the same day as the Children's Parade. Parade start has been moved back to 12 noon. Man. Come on, man. Wow. Wow. I'm going to leave it alone. That's for another day. Anyway, um... We're fortunate to uh, be joined by uh, former Santa, uh Alicia Bonds of the uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, sponsors of the Debutantes Ball that's actually been uh, around here for a long, long time. Good morning, Madam Santa. How are you? I am doing well, Senator. How are you? Good morning to you and good morning to your listening audience. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's a beautiful day in paradise. So once I got up, I know I, I know I got a shot. So we're good. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah, man. Floor is yours. You're recognized. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Well, I just wanted to um, make the listening public aware of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Mugam Omega chapter. We will be um, having our 30th annual debutant ball, Fall Cotillion, this coming Saturday. Um, November 18th, and the theme for this year's ball is Soaring Through an Era of Regal Elegance with Cultural Pearls, and it's scheduled to start at 6 p.m. The location of the event is the Bethlehem Sugar Factory. Tickets are still on sale. They're $100, and they can be purchased if you call 340-514-6206. We're going to have music by Stanley and the 10 Sleepless Nights. And, uh-huh. of course, dinner will be created by award-winning chef um, Ralph Mota of Mota Cuisine. Uh-huh. So we're just inviting the public to come out um, to this event. Of course, this is our 30th annual event. Um, we did have a pause um, as a result of the storms as well as COVID because we do this event biennially. And so we're featuring nine lovely young ladies um, this year. We have nine debutantes, and they are Melania Brown, Mia Daly, India McGrath, Keisha O'Brien, 
Elise Shang, Nayalise St. Omar, Amonique Thomas, Anaya Williams, and Jesse Colbert Williams. And so I know, Neville, you are aware of the debutant ball. We've been doing it for quite some time here yeah, in the want- Virgin Islands. You may have even been an escort <laughs> back in your time. <laughs> no, I didn't know escort, but I, I remember going to the debutant ball down in St. Joseph Gym back in the Correct. day. Correct. You know what I'm saying? That, that used to be the location. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a wonderful um, event. The, the ball is actually the culmination of the debutante season where the young ladies go through a series of social grace classes, life skills classes, anywhere from career planning to wellness to um, ensuring that you are in tune with your personal identity, um, public speaking, of course, the social graces in terms of etiquette, proper dining, um, proper attire. And so the, the debutante season is an opportunity for young ladies to really be prepared to enter society, to be contributing members of society, and to be equipped with all of the tools necessary to be successful. And the young ladies are going to be um, escorted the evening of the ball by the St. Croix Educational Complex Junior ROTC. And I mention that because the young ladies also are taught various dances, whether it's our local um, versions of our quadrille and other local dances, as well as traditional classical dances, the waltz and the like, and there's a father-daughter dance. It's a wonderful event where these young ladies have been prepared, they've been groomed, and now are ready to be presented to Crucian society. No, man, that's, uh, it really is a beautiful thing. And, and when, you, when you Google it, you see that they got a lot of history behind this. We go back decades. A long, a not, Absolutely. A, not two decades or Ab- three decades either. Some instances, some instances six, Absolutely. seven decades. Yeah. And it's definitely one of the local chapters, um, Hallmark um, events. Um, again, we've been doing this for, this is our 30th year doing it. And um, for persons who may not know, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated was founded on the campus of Howard University in 1908. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are the first um Greek-lettered organization organized for African-American college women by African-American college women. And we are um, international. We have chapters um, throughout the 50, the contiguous United States, Bahamas, Bermuda, Seoul, Korea, Dubai, Nigeria, um, Ontario. So, yeah, we are absolutely a global organization and, you know, definitely committed to service to all mankind and in uplifting um, women and young girls. No, that's awesome. And there's an education requirement as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, To be a, you mean to be a debutante? To be a debutante, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have to meet a specific criteria. You have to be in of good moral character. You also have to have maintained nothing less than a 2.5 GPA, which our young ladies far exceed that. Um, many of them are leaders in their own right at their respective schools. And so 
we definitely um, have, you know, minimum criteria, but the young ladies far exceed the requisite criteria to be to be debutant. Uh, many of them are athletes and they're juggling a, juggling a lot, um, so they definitely are poised to be future leaders um, in our society, in our community. By the way, how's how's the sorority um, doing in general? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like like I tell everyone, um, it's a great time to be an AKA if you're so honored to be selected. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> every, no, 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 we need to be we need to be very uh, you know straightforward here. And for everybody. <laughs> uh, well, let's say this: many are called, but only few are chosen. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, oh I my like gosh. that one. I like that one. But but definitely, the sorority is making significant strides both locally in the local chapter. And we have four chapters in the Virgin Islands, actually. We have the undergraduate chapters at both the St. Thomas and um, St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix campuses of UVI. And then we also have graduate chapters in the St. Thomas and John district. And, of course, the chapter I'm representing in the St. Croix district, Mu Gamma Omega. So we, um, again, significantly involved in so many activities. We participated in Relay for Life. We have our food drive to be able to combat childhood hunger. We have our mental health outreach initiatives. Of course, the debutant ball activity um, addresses our initiative to empower the black family. Uh, we also have empowerment in terms of entrepreneurship with our Buy Black, Black Dollar Day. So, you know, we are engaged in meaningful, um, far-reaching, impactful activities in the community and have been um, since the sororities um, founding and since the chartering of the local chapter. And on a global level, um, we continue to make significant strides in social justice reform, um, educational advancement, and ensuring that we play a significant role in advancing um, the cause and bringing to light the plight of of, you know, people of color, mm -hmm. you know, globally. Mm -hmm. So definitely um, making significant strides and in, in that regard. Now, um, I know that, you know, the there's the the, the, the competitive uh, dynamic with respect to the sororities and the fraternities, but uh, yeah. in the end, right, it's a big, one big Greek family, isn't it? Well, yeah, and we're the Divine Nine, and again, we um, represent the, you know, we represent, as you do, um, Neville, you know, black excellence, mm -hmm. and the importance of academic excellence, the importance of, you know, giving back to our community, to whom much is given, much is required. So we have a duty, a responsibility to ensure that which co whichever community we are a part of, that we do our part to make that community better through social action and, and community engagement and reform. And so, you know, the Divine Nine is comprised of the, um, the black Greek-lettered organizations that are part of the Pan-Hellenic 
arm association mm-hmm. and we do things collectively as well. If I may, I just wanted to highlight our sponsors for the event. Of course. If Go time ahead. permits. Yeah. Um, because we are on a, we can't do this on our own. Um, we definitely need the support of the community, and we have received the com- support of the community. And it's important that we highlight, you know, those um, establishments throughout the the Virgin Islands that have definitely contributed to um, this endeavor because it's not. Um, it's quite involved and does require a lot of resources. So our main sponsors, we have Southland Gaming, VI Lottery, Wang Montanez, and James Dental Center as our main sponsors. And then, of course, we have received ads from several businesses throughout the territory, and we want to thank them. And their ad will be featured in the souvenir booklet that would be distributed the night of the event. And we want to say special thank you to Tipsy Iguana, um, Bianca Francis of Ultra Nutrition, James Flores, Seaside Market, George Armstrong, Teddy's Party Rental, um, by Clee, Cleangel Event Planning, Antonise Plumbing, and Uzuri Spa. And we just want to thank um, our sponsors and our um, contributors to ads and our supporters who have definitely stepped up to make this event um, what it has been traditionally and what it will be um, Saturday evening. Um, The young ladies um, participated in a community service activity. And so there's also a community service um, component to the debutante ball season as well. So it's well-rounded, and we celebrate these young ladies as they make their de- debut on Saturday evening. Can you see the enthusiasm and the excitement with the debutantes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're so excited. They've worked hard. They've put in the time and the work. And, you know, Saturday night is their night. It's their night to shine. I want to congratulate them, congratulate their parents, Um for investing in them and making the time and resource commitment for the event. We cannot do it without the parents. Um, There's a significant um, financial commitment to be a Deb, and we want to thank the parents for making the commitment and partnering with Mugama Omega Chapter to be able to bring this to fruition. Time and location again for those who might So the... Event, um, the Fall Cotillion Debutant Ball, the theme is Soaring Through an Era of Regal Elegance with Cultural Pearls. It's scheduled for this Saturday, November 18, 2023. It begins at 6 p.m. The location, Bethlehem Sugar Factory. Tickets are $100. You may call 340-514-6206 to purchase your tickets. Music will be by Stanley and the 10 Sleepless Nights. And dinner will be curated by the award-winning chef Ralph Mota of Mota Cuisine. So we hope to see you out. Neville, I hope to see you there (laughs) as well. (laughs) And I just want to thank you on behalf of Mugama Omega Chapter for allowing us the time to be able to to speak to your audience and to invite them um, to this event. 
congratulations to the debutants once again. Without a doubt, let, let me ask this this uh, this bonus mm -hmm. question. Tell me a little bit about the history with the colors, like you're saying, Saint Thomas, the colors, <laughs> uh, the, the green and pink for for AKA. Because, well, be, be, because sorority, sororities are typically identified by the colors, like they're saying, Saint Thomas. So. Of course. So, so you know, we our colors are salmon pink and apple green. Salmon, um, salmon pink, know, and I, I kindly beg your pardon, man. Salmon <laughs> pink and apple green. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to be to be specific, yeah. indeed, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. And of course, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated was founded in 1908 as the first, the first. We are the first, we are the finest um, sorority organized by African-American college women on the campus of Howard University. Mm -hmm. And um, we celebrate so many women who, um, both locally and on the national level, as you know, um, Kamala Harris, our vice president, um, is a member of the esteemed um, sorority um, initiated at Alpha Chapter at Howard University. And um, so many of our local leaders um, are members of our esteemed organization, and, and we celebrate all of them and, and the work that we continue to do to advance the cause of women and girls. So, so angels pink and green is salmon pink and apple green. I like that it's one. Salmon, salmon. I mean, you know, you see shades of pink and shades of green mm -hmm. now, but you know, mm -hmm. you, I, I, you know, I know that you're a fax man, and you you insist on the details the, and the, the data. I need, need it, man. So. I need it. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> and and and, and, and like green. like the the local. I mean, the, the the term that we use now. There's levels to this. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're spot on with that. You're spot on. Absolutely. Um, Alisa, Alisa Barnes from Santa, uh, and uh, of course, a proud AKA member. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Congratulations on the debutante's ball. Uh, what's, what's it, the Fall Cotillion? I like that as well. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so, Fall Cotillion, mm -hmm. um, debutante ball. I like, Absolutely. I like that. Uh, congrats, okay? You got it. Thank you so much. Thank you for the time. No, nah, man. Yeah, quality stuff. We appreciate that. That's something that's from Mr. Lisa Bonds uh, telling us about an event taking place at the Bethlehem Sugar Factory this weekend, the Debutantes Ball. And there's nine beautiful uh, young ladies who are going to experience, um, you know, something very, very special as they are presented to the public. And um, hopefully there'll be uh, leaders in the community uh, going forward uh, as well. We'll take a break and be back right after this. Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culture Man Silkat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. 
Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Park a lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Here are the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. This I want to thank uh, former Senator uh, Lisa Barnes for joining us and uh, letting us know about uh, Debbie Tan Ball, which is a, a Alpha Kappa uh, Alpha sorority staple. Uh, been here in territory. I remember I was uh, 14 years old back in 1978 when I went to the I attended the first uh, well the Debbie Tan Ball that I attended my first one. Uh, Back in St. Joseph uh, Gymnasium, St. Joseph Gym used to be a, that was like a perfectly constructed facility there along on the St. Joseph, Joseph School campus in the Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant area. Uh, a lot of events used to, to be held there, you know, and, and uh, I remember going to that one. They put in a lot of work, uh, a lot of decorating work and all that stuff. So I was looking up the Divine Nine, um, the members of the National Panhellenic Council uh, that um, Senator Bonds just mentioned, <clears throat> and uh, it's it's interesting, you know. The, the first one was actually founded at, at an Ivy League school. That's the uh, Alpha uh, Phi Alpha uh, fraternity in 1906, um, founded at Cornell. Cornell University, upstate New York, man, Ithaca, uh, New York. And then, uh, AKA sorority is the first sorority, as mentioned by um, uh, Senator Barnes, uh, January 1908 at Howard. Then the Kappa Alpha Psi. Um, by the way, you know, uh, the Alphas, uh, some notable Alphas that, that I, you know, my age group, that would be uh, 
like folks like Neil Canton and uh, Administrator uh, Samuel Sellers, uh, right? And then um, Kappa, of course, you know, AKA Sorority, you know, the, uh, Lisa Barnes is in the world, and she mentioned uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris and, and uh, <coughs> my chief of staff, actually, you know, she, she, she pledged at, uh, at the graduate level. Uh, Janine Perez Santos. So, yeah, so I think the governor, the governor is at Kappa, I believe, the Kappa Alpha Psi. Uh, and they were founded in 1911 at a Big Ten school, Indiana University in Bloomington, right? And then Omega Psi Phi, Delta Sigma Theta, um, Phi Beta Sigma, and Zeta Phi Beta, right? Disease. All those four were founded at. Howard University, right? The uh, Omega Sci-Fi in November of 1911. The Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, right? In January of 1913. Then in January of 1914, the Phi Beta Sigmas. I believe Doc James. Doc James was a Sigma. Right? I know Positive Nelson was a Sigma, is a Sigma as well. Uh, they were founded in, in January of 1914. And then in January of 1920, right, the Zeta Phi Beta sorority, right, the Zetas, uh, Howard University as well. So four, you know, uh, of the Divine Nine, two fraternities and two sororities were founded between 1911 and 1920 at Howard University, right? Then the Sigma Gamma Rho sorority, they were founded in 1922 at Butler University. I believe Butler is in Indiana, right? Uh, that was uh, November of 1922. And then the Iota Phi Theta fraternity, right, was founded uh, in, in 1963. So there was like a 40, 41-year gap between the last sorority and the last fraternity. Uh, I founded that. A, a university that, has ha that had high impact here in the Virgin Islands, Morgan State University in Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? So, and this is uh, a lot of history associated uh, with um, <coughs> uh, the the Divine Nine, right? And yes, you know, you know, one of the things I like about you know this show is my audience. You know, they educate me. So let's not brush by the illustrious. Delta Sigma Theta, for which our U.S. representative is a member. A U.S. House representative, that would be um, Delegate Stacey Plaskett. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's it. So, <clears throat> got a lot of history uh, with um, Virgin Islanders who have pledged. That's the term that I use. Well, when we've been in college, they used to ask you, are you pledging or what? I say, not me. <laughs> But then you see, you know, the, the the commitment and the discipline and how proud they are, you know, when they're wearing the jackets and all that stuff with the Greek letters and, you know, it, it, it's like, I, I think it's a, a nine weeks or something like that, you know, but God, give them props, man. You know, it's, it's, it's really a, it's a beautiful thing, man. You know what I'm saying? To see them wanting to be, you know, part of fraternities and all that stuff. And uh, so, so, see, uh, more, more listeners, Nicole Parsons said, Dion is Omega. It is their Founders Week on the on the USVA this week. 
know what I'm saying? So Deion Parsons, man, you know what I'm saying? These are Omega sci-fi. Q, you know what I'm saying? That's how they uh, like to refer to them. Claudia Gerard is like a Kappa uh, Alpha Sayer. But Johnny Remsen, he's a Q. He's a the term we used to use is Q dog. You know what I'm saying? He's a Q dog. So uh, congratulations to all, you know, um, of the fraternities and uh, sororities for what they do. Uh, one thing, remember when we, we when we ran for Senate, um, we'd have um, fraternities and sororities sponsoring uh, Senate forums. You know, aka, you know, in, in, uh, we're very instrumental uh, with that. I, be, I believe our um, <clears throat> former superintendent uh, of schools, uh, Gloria Huggins um, Waterman, uh, was an aka. I believe, I believe so. Yeah, see, I got a thumbs up. I know, yeah, I guess she's a proud AK too. You know what I'm saying? And the Deltas, the Deltas used to hold their own. You see, and I, I like the rivalries, you know, and the respectful rivalries and all that stuff. And don't make a mistake uh, uh, and assume uh, a, a particular person is in a sorority or a, uh, a fraternity. If you don't know, ask. Okay? Right, uh, because if you if you call the wrong one, it, it could create some problems. You know what I'm saying? And, and I go, um, my good friend, uh, the 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 dean of uh, <clears throat> the business school uh, at UVI. Uh, we've we've had her on here. Uh, hold on there. I I want to. I know uh, Huntsville, Mississippi is where uh, um, uh, she uh, matriculated at. Uh, and she had, she was uh, one day, she asked me one day to guess uh, which one, Kendra Harris. You know what I'm saying? She asked me to guess um, which one. And, and uh, uh, I believe she's a Delta. Uh, she's a Delta. I don't know the other one. I ain't going to make that mistake. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, so we, um, by the way, we'll get them back on. Marisol, if you're listening, uh, see if you can reach out to, to Dean Kendra Harris at, uh, at UVI. Because uh, they started an executive business program this year, and uh, we, we were big on promoting that. Because that's what we need here in the territory now. You know, more um, management um, folks here in the territory who have that ability and probably don't even know. And uh, we are we are big with um, supporting uh, Dean Harris uh, and uh, her um, uh, associate uh, who was also, who's also joined us uh, to break down, you know, the importance of why um, um, courses in management are so important right now, you know, because we're going through this recovery Right, this prolonged, um, you know, hardening of our infrastructure and and all that stuff, and you know, it's a generational, you know, experience that we're dealing with, and uh, we need for for those who have that ability, right, to um, we need to tap into that that reservoir of talent, you know, because they might not even know it's in them. 
And that's why, you know, this particular program at UVI is so important. And I forgot the, the, the young man's name uh, who came on with him. Uh, came on with her, I'm sorry. And uh, uh, But that was great conversations. And, and the vision that they have, you know, for one thing, those who have worked in the business community. I remember speaking to my, my good friend Terry T. While they were on, and Terry T. Well, Terry T. tell me, uh, well, you know, I... I can't really take the class this year because I got some other run-ins, but I might be interested in, in looking into it uh, next year. So, Terry, maybe me or you might be uh, in the class uh, next year. I mean, of course, you go qualify. You know if I qualify, right? But from a management standpoint, uh, these are the things that we need to be looking at. You know, a lot, a lot of people are, you know, they're you know fascinated with elected office, and you know, and and, and you you should be. You know, there's. There's something special about you know being an elected official. We only have 17 uh, locally and the delegate uh, on a national level, you know. So it is a limited amount of um, folks who lead in the public sector, uh, elected uh, office. But um, leadership should extend to the. Uh, we should look at those in the private sector as well. You know, we need to get more people to embrace. <coughs> you know why the private sector is so critical for us, because I mean some people don't like to hear it. These are the facts. As someone who has been a public uh, servant, worked in the, in the public arena for the majority of my life, right? Virgin Islands ain't about nothing without the private sector. I'm telling you straight up. You know, I, I had, <laughs> I, I was one of them who was of the belief that you know uh, the federal government that provide everything for us. No, sir. We go generate revenue on that private side, right? In order for the public side to exist, that's how the triangulation will work. Okay, and the a sound private sector generate revenues via taxation. You know, we're a consumer-driven economy. You know, that's why business management is absolutely critical uh, here in the Virgin Islands, right about now. And, and this, we gotta get this recovery right. You know, this um, we went through a lot of inconvenience. In the, from the fall of 2017 until, I'd say, mid-2018, you know, people were devastated, homes destroyed, connectivity wasn't where it should have been. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, we paid the tangible and intangible price and dues for this particular recovery to work. You know, just imagine we get hit in September 17, get that major appropriation after we do all of our due diligence in f February of 18. So come February, we're looking at six years of this major appropriation. Eight billion pales in comparison to the like 90 billion Puerto Rico got. And, and two of us got slammed and we got slammed right after Harvey. So the folks who would transition, normally transition to Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands to help us with recovery, a lot of them had already been deployed to Texas. To Harvey, Harvey was a wash away, a rainfall out of this world uh, in the second largest state. I think there was also uh, some impact in, um, in, in Florida. You know what I'm saying? So that was one of the reasons why you know, our recovery thing took so long. Because you know, the specialists, uh, they weren't available. You know? and that's why you got to understand my business and knowing about business is so important. You know, so Dr. Harris, 
uh, good, good morning to you and, and that uh, uh, program that I started at UVA, very, very important. Of course, you know, I'm a big supporter of UVA. You know, I, I do my mercenary work for the RT part, which, is, which I believe, you know, playing a, playing a part there as well. And, uh, of course, you know, um, <clears throat> my good friend Peter Chapman, who's executive director there. Uh, shout out to him. Shout out to uh, David Hall, the president, uh, University of the Virgin Islands, and, and all the leadership. You know, we can't, can't say it enough, you know. If folks have potential to lead, then we got to look out for them. And we got to provide those opportunities and uh, make things uh, happen. We said the VA First Lady and Justice Kintanji Brown-Jackson are also Deltas. See what I'm saying? That they're, they're divine nine. It ain't no joke. You know what I'm saying? Right? Ain't no joke at all. I believe uh, uh, someone down, sat him down at Fred Gregory. It's like, okay. I remember when she and, uh, and uh, Alicia Barnes ran uh, with were leading vote getters in 2018, respectively. Okay, they were, you know, dominating <coughs> uh, the... Uh, the the legislative races and uh, so that was that was a, a high point for them uh, as well so don't forget right this Saturday uh, the Mu Gamma Omega chapter will be uh, host, hosting the uh, Fall Cotillion uh, debutant ball uh, down at the Bethlehem Sugar Factory okay and we supporting the young ladies uh, nine beautiful uh, debutantes and Introducing them uh, to another level uh, of presentation here uh, in their lives uh, in the Virgin Islands. We'll take a break and come back. We should be talking with uh, Dr. Kaiser Carwood. It's American Education Week, Board of Education Chair. Be back right after this. Views and opinions expressed on Analyze This. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Kulchaman Silkat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Bacala to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. <laughs> 